Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Buy any Massage Envy location and they will be glad to help organize your holiday list. Four locations to serve you. Call your bill at Carriage Crossing, Poplar at Exeter, Midtown on Union, and Germantown Parkway. Or call 901-290-2234. While interest rates are on the rise everywhere else, at Genesis Diamonds, they have got just the relief you need this holiday season. Five years, zero interest on anything and everything. Hey, it's Eric Hasseltine. That's right. Genesis is rolling back interest rates to 0.0%. So that $5,000 ring is yours for just $85 a month. Nothing's held back. Rings, earrings, bracelets, bands, certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, even luxury pre-owned Rolex watches. Just pick any item for that special someone and spread your payments out over five years without paying a dime in interest. A $10,000 designer ring comes to just $167 a month. Don't miss this incredible offer. Where else in America can you get financing for 0%? Colored gemstones, designer fashion jewelry, the year's most treasured gifts, all included in this once-a-year offer. This Christmas in Memphis, you have a great alternative so you can get more for your money. That alternative is Genesis Diamonds at Poplar and Perkins Extended. On approved credit, see store for details. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, we were talking before we came on air. You noted, while it feels, I I keep talking about how this week feels like just super busy, and these two weeks really feel super busy for the Memphis sports landscape. And you noted, and I think accurately, past couple nights have been kind of boring sports nights. Pretty pretty thin sports night. Like, you don't have a lot of college basketball going on because exams. You don't have um, bowl games or college football right now. There's obviously no Tuesday, Wednesday. This is the the two nights of the week, Commissioner Goodell, and I guess Friday. Do we have any? We don't have Friday night NFL football ever, right? Unless like Christmas falls on we, a Friday. We got or Black Friday. Oh, okay, so we Friday, a, he's already we, marked off Friday. Tuesday and Wednesday are the only days on the calendar. Commissioner what, Goodell is not uh, is not way, what was corralled for the NFL. Where was the commish yesterday? In terms of they were doing like a symposium or something like. 
No, 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 I didn't know. Because that was where he announced the Sao Paulo games. Oh, Sao Paulo. Shout out to the commission. You know what? He's got his finger on the pulse of fans. He heard us this whole fall, and he said, you know what? I'm listening. I'm listening. You said you wanted more international games. Here's four more. <laughs> the international series. Correct. You wanted more of those. Yeah, this is this. You will, needed this more of those. Trick. Let me just force feed it, baby bird style. Let's get Brazil. She, you know, let's get Brazil involved. Um, nonetheless, it's been kind of a. It's been, I think, really hectic here locally. Because this is, a, I mean, it's just a big time. I just came back from Penny Hardaway's availability. We got the big Memphis Clemson game. Memphis announced that the there's if you want to get if you want to go to the game and sit on the lower level, you're gonna need to uh, you're gonna need to get your tickets on StubHub because they've sold out of the lower level and uh, pinnacle level tickets. Mm. If you want to buy them from the university, you can only get the upper deck at this point. So it's gonna be a good crowd. On Saturday, they're hoping for a sellout. We'll see if it gets there. But you've got it's that. Probably not. <laughs> you've got that. You've got. I'm not. Also, for the record, I'm not saying that's the standard. We learned last night officially that John Morant's first press conference ahead of his return to play on Tuesday is going to be tomorrow morning, 11:30, I think, uh, down at FedEx Forum after shoot around ahead of the Rockets. Grizzlies game, the rematch of last night's uh, barn not, burner, not so great game for the Grizzlies. What are you talking about um, exciting fourth quarter, <laughs> but it'll dwarf, frankly, Jaws oh, these comments that Ja makes at his press conference. It'll dwarf Dylan Brooks's return to FedEx Forum, but that's also happening tomorrow night. I don't think anyone really cares about that. People will if he does something. People will care, but yeah. Otherwise, I think I think the way it's it is not it is the way not a, it's played out. It's not getting people into the building. The way it is played out with having two games against him already, and then and he got a tech last night. And, Nineteen seconds left. You know what? Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, having it basically coincide with John Morant's return, you're, it has been it has not been the story that that I thought it would be. Um, and it, it has kind of neutered the story. But again, all it takes is Dylan saying something wild to reignite it. I mean, maybe, but like the only way he has anything to say is to, I don't think he will. It's, I mean, well, no, but like my point is like the only opportunity is, I guess it's shoot around tomorrow. Post game. You know, if something happens in the game, post game. But nothing's really happened. I mean, he, but I'm talking about getting people into the building tomorrow night. Well, I think people have already bought their tickets who are, who are coming to. For the Dylan return, if there are people coming for the Dylan return game, they bought their tickets a while ago. Not they're not buying them now. To your point, yeah, I, I just it is not that big of an event. No, now, again, especially now that it coincides with Jaw return. Even with the Jaw thing, it was not that big of an event. It's not an event, but it is a notable game on the in terms of a the grand scheme of an eighty-two game regular season schedule where the games kind of all meld together at times. Like it was kind of a notable landmark, like sort of. You know, not landmark game. That's too strong. But like a just a notable game when the schedule came out that you, I would, you know, as someone who covers and follows the team, I was thinking about. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like in terms of the returns, expected returns, like it was not anywhere near like the most anticipated return. Like it doesn't count. Like Zebo, Conley, Gasol, like it's nowhere near in any of. Those. I agree. I agree. He, he didn't. He didn't accomplish what they accomplished. Right. He's a little more controversial, but he was. He didn't accomplish what they accomplished here. Um, but you got. You got all that too. So 
Um, and then all the extraneous stuff, the stadium stuff going on, and the uh, and the uh, John Morant trial stuff, the lawsuit stuff. Um, and so, but then nationally, kind of a you know, it's more of a newsy period with the transfer portal and you know the NCA stuff. So. But it led to what, as you put it, a very boring sports night last night. What did you watch? Uh, Grizzly had Grizzlies Rockets on begrudgingly, um, and then honestly, like the I put the sports mix channel on the side, and then mm. Ali and I watched TV. Yeah, it was a TV night. Yeah, was a, you know, listen, we got a busy weekend ahead of us, Jeffrey. That, that to be fair, kind, kind of. Yeah, you got bowl game. I mean, the the. The Tiger Clemson game's a big game. Mm-hmm. So big it's on plus. <laughs> yeah. The bowl game's like Yeah, who, they're kind of boring. Who the hell knows? But you got two days of NFL football this weekend. Yeah, but Saturday I, and the Sunday. Saturday games, like it's all it's one it's like standalone games in each window. Well, we'll start we'll talk some Grizzlies to start today's show. We got a packed one. We got Eric Hasseltine joining us at 240. We'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies uh, moving forward now. Oh, that- breaking news. I got Oregon State's 2024 football schedule release. Okay, we can wait for that. that does no, not what are you talking news. about? This is news. It's not. Yes, it is. Wait for the list. Um, we'll do the list. We'll talk what Penny Hardaway said ahead of that Clemson game. Um, Newsflash. No, did did you-, you really not get the sarcasm there? No, of course I did. <laughs> Uh, Na- uh, I don't think you did. Yes, I did. It, it was. I was trying to move move past it. Naquan Tomlin. We did not get any sort of comment on him from Penny. Uh, nor did we get an update on Jordan Brown. But interesting comments from Penny, nonetheless, ahead of a big game at FedEx Forum. Uh, and then Jason Smith will join us at three thirty or so. Let's talk some Grizzlies, though, because last night we had two developments. One, they lost to the Rockets. Desmond Bain did not play. Jaron Jackson Jr. I. I it is kind of – I tweeted this after the game. Like, it is kind of mind-boggling to me that Jaron Jackson Jr. just put together back-to-back 40-point games, and they lost both of them. Like, that would seem crazy to me a couple months ago. Like, that I that they would like – I mean, they've lost every time he's scored 40. <laughs> it's just – It's not just that they lost. Neither game was really all that competitive. No, yeah, he put up 40-plus yeah. in both – but you're right – the Rockets game was a little more, clo- you know, a little better than the Mavericks game in that regard. Whereas Mavericks game, it felt like they could never get it below like nine or ten. Ultimately, this one, at least third quarter, it was a one point game at one point. Yeah, but um, it was also because they played their best third quarter of the year. Like the first half, you're sitting there going, "Like, oh my god!" Now they were more depleted against Houston last night without Bain yeah. than they were against no the Mavericks. Um, you're le- you're you are without your leading score. So, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, this, luckily, I think with these games, whereas like two, three weeks ago, games like this were really kind of, it felt like just really demoralizing. I think we're close enough to Jaws' return that you're kind of just like, all right, whatever. Like, let's just get to Tuesday, right? And that kind of like your mindset at this point. Uh, I know they have a they have two more games. They got the Rockets yeah, the, game. The, the bigger problem though is like I think that is coming into the week. I think that was the mindset of like you just got to get through these games. I think now what you're starting to realize is like as the losses pick up and the mm-hmm. gap between you and your your coveted tenth spot mm-hmm. continue to widen and widen, it starts to the reality starts to sink in. Like eh, this is probably not going to be a competitive enterprise here. I, I will say two weeks ago. 
you definitely felt a lot better. I mean, right now they are six and, was, and a half. And back. I think you can now definitively say that was schedule related. Well, it was it was it was schedule related in the sense that for whatever reason, those teams in that seven to twelve range weren't winning. They're, no, they're, but I'm talking about this when the, when you started to see when they won what three or four, mm-hmm. and so you had the win. You got the Dallas road win against the shorthanded Mavs. Mm-hmm. You got a competitive effort against the Suns the next day. Mm-hmm. Both teams were on the second night of a back-to-back. And then you got Detroit and... Um, Who, there was a win before the Mavs. Was that the Jazz? Was that the Jazz? Yeah, jazz home? The Jazz that home was, win and, yeah, then the, that, and then the Detroit win. Yeah, no, and ultimately you beat two really bad teams. And a Dallas team in its form that night was yeah. also a really bad team. Yes. Um, no, and then the other thing is, if you look at the standings, Rockets have now won four in a row. Clippers have won five in a row. Uh Pelicans are six and four over their last ten. Like te- the teams that were in that, you know, that you're essentially competing with on this in this stuff, uh, have started winning games over the last week and week or two. And that is obviously it's turned what was a three or four game gap into now six and a half uh, as of today. Between the Suns are in tenth, and that it, the Grizzlies are six and a half back, technically second to last in the Western Conference now at six and seventeen. Yeah, um, but thank God for the Spurs. Yes, Spurs are are even worse at three and twenty right now. Pistons on a seventeen game losing streak. Wizards. Have we had a season where a team has a seventeen game losing streak before the middle of December, and that's not even the worst losing streak in the league? It's actually eighteen now. Eighteen. There you go. Eighteen for the Spurs. Twenty one for the Pistons. Yes. (laughs) Gross. God, those games. Like, you know what? What are the crowds going to be like? At least in San Antonio, you got the Wembenyama thing. Although they probably will shut them down by the end of the year. Like, uh, what is a Detroit home game going to? You already said it looked horrible for the Grizzlies game. At least you could explain that away. Yeah, it was as a, like it was quickly a, announced, quickly like, announced yeah. playing game. But like those March games in Detroit, like <laughs> who the hell's going to that? Well, and then especially like if the Red Wings are good, <laughs> well, just even just like who wants I mean, to go like, watch a team is, that's won po- eleven games? My point or, is, it's a, I mean, it's a good. Red Wings. It, like that town likes the Red Wings a lot, and especially if they're like they've been bad for so long. Like, I mean, you're you're talking about I don't know what five thousand people in the building at most. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Oh, gross. But um, so. How concerning is it to you that because there's two ways to look at this? You've got De- like over the last week or two, we've watched Desmond Bain put up what a 50 spot, right? Or 49, 49, 49, and three and like Jaron, three of the last four games, I think, has scored at least 37 points. And He's- and on top of that, it's like Jaron. It's not even like kind of fake scoring. Like it's he's earning it. Correct. Yeah, and and yet. I would have thought with them playing at this level, I'm not saying they would have been good with the current roster they have, but I think... More competitive. If I was going back to before the season, if you had told me, you know, Desmond Bain and Jaron are going to... Yes, it's going to be tough, but, like, you're going to have Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. playing at, like, a pretty elite level together. I would have thought they'd have a better record than this. But you're now explaining what I... The reason why I have taken the position that I did Mm -hmm. is because coming into the season... I thought if Jaron and Dez, who I consider to be top 30 caliber players, like mm-hmm. I hate the whole 
let's rank them. Like, who the yeah. hell? I, I don't even know. It's such a daunting task. But they are that caliber of player. And I figured having two of those guys would get you through the schedule. Yeah, You weren't going to thrive, but that would get you through it. And the most disheartening aspect of it is, okay, Jaron had a little stretch kind of mid-November, late November where he struggled he, some. He struggled some. And Bain had those couple games where he got hurt. Yeah, he was hurt banged his up with his ankle. Yeah. But for the most part, those two guys have given you what you would have hoped to get from yeah. them yeah. throughout the course of the season. Yeah. And they're sitting here. Certainly offensively. They're, well, they're sitting here at 6-17, and 17, and it's not just 6-17. and 17, It's 6-17, and 17, and most of those losses are largely non-competitive. Like, you mm. can think about the competitive losses. The first Portland game, I guess, in overtime. The Denver game at home. The Boston game at home, and there's some, there's some others. But hold on, I gotta go through the. Uh, I mean, how many fourth quarters have they had a chance to win? I mean, if you go through this, um, the the season opener against the Pelicans, even though they played bad, they had a chance in that. Um, kind of remember there was that was another one of those. Uh, that that was another. Remember the late push to make the final score. The Nuggets, the second game of the that year. Was they had, I, was, I counted that one. Yeah. Um, let's see here. No. Yeah. You're right. You're right. The first Portland loss. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. The Celtics game. Mm-hmm. Named that one. Uh, man. The Suns game. You named it. That Suns game. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, it's you're and right. And that Suns game, they were shorthanded. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think the more the more disheartening part of this is it's you're just, fully in the like John Morant's not going to make this all better. John Morant makes them better, mm-hmm. John but Morant, he's not going to make it all better. I mean, I don't, I'm sure there is some metric to determine, but I mean, because the question is, can you if you get those three? So let's say Dez and Jaron can maintain somewhere close to the current level they're at. And then you add in a all NBA really level good, yes. a really good John Morant. It would be troubling if they are not an above five hundred team with those three clicking like that. Wouldn't you say? Uh probably I'm not I'll, saying they can they I, I'm not uh, saying they might have dug themselves too big a hole yeah, for no, even with those guys but clicking. You're, you're talking about through the those games. Those games. You're, yes, the you're 57. Not, yeah, yeah. You're I'm not talk- saying like they have to fight their way back. No, not to finish. Yeah. No, but yeah. like let's they might fall short, but they won fifty six percent of their games with Ja, Dez, and Jaron type of thing. But if they're below five hundred, wouldn't that be troubling moving forward? I if think, with the three if the three of them playing at a high level together, like that would be troubling. That's troubling, but it, honestly, it's one of the outcomes that I'm I'm somewhat expecting. Really, I think the rest of this team is really bad. Mm. I think you have a lot of non NBA players on this roster. We saw it last night. I mean, they played Laravia. He stunk again. Yes, like yeah, you know, every time he gets a chance, he Zaire stinks. Zaire not great. Um, Roddy is like Roddy only looks good because the other guys stink. Let's be honest. And also, Roddy, like, Roddy's okay. But like the no, only it's reason you're... he's in the he's in he's the best of that like that whole those two draft well, classes. Yeah. But you know what also helps Roddy? Roddy, Roddy, Roddy's got some Tebow in him in this in that he looks like he's exerting a ton of energy, well, well, and, and so you think he's hustling more, but it's well, and at least there's like he's not consistent, 
but like there are moments where his physicality helps. Like he's a. But that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Tebow. It's Tebow yeah. running into the line, and you're like, oh, he got that first down. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like listen, he's not a like he's not a regret on the rod. Like I don't view Rod. I view Roddy as like I regret that he has to play so much. I don't regret that he's on the roster. Like he's a, he is uh, the see, type of guy you want in your like eleven through fifteen. I get what you're saying. I still regret they drafted him. Yeah, I think well, it was I regret. A, yes, giving up De- DeAnthony Melton to draft correct. David Roddy in yes. retrospect is a mistake. But I I understand. Like in terms of guys, if like I'm putting them, if I'm lining them up, I I'm not. He getting should him be in early. your eleven to fifteen of your roster. That's kind of where he slots. Yeah, but the same problem is still the same problem. It's yes. what position does he play? No, and I mean you saw. I mean last night it was like poor Derrick Rose is like you know like this is not. I, I know he said he wasn't here to be a. Well, what did he say? Babysitter? Uh, no, babysitter. But he also said he's not here to be a plant. You know, yeah. He's not here to be just standing around. I also don't think he was here to be like the second best player on the floor for the team. No, <laughs> which I, is what he was last yeah, night. Yeah, I don't think he was also here to get thirty minutes when he plays. <laughs> like I know, I'm sure he's enjoying it, but like this is not what you uh, you side Derrick Rose to do. Is he enjoying? Yeah, does anyone I think enjoy? So. Yeah, he probably is. But no, no, you can be. He happy didn't even get to, be- to play last year for the Knicks. Um, <sighs> but nonetheless, um, we are one more game closer to John Morant returning, and we found out he will officially talk tomorrow. For but the- I mean, like, think about it. You have what is the front court answer? Turns out Bismack Biombo is exactly what he's been for most of his career. Yeah, um, it will be. I mean, this was. That was the last game of the Grizzlies as you've gotten to know them over the last few Correct. weeks. Because Noel, uh, he he spoke to, to Michael Cole after the game. While he didn't say, you know, they've told him he's coming back. A lot of past tense, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the team. Like, I think he's been alerted that he's, he's, he's likely going to be uh, not get another, you know, not be picked up after this second 10-day runs out. Um, and then Kenneth Lofton Jr. has like a kind of a, a tweet that would suggest he's been informed or is expecting uh, his time with the team. You know, like it, it, I, I can't. He, I don't know exactly I mean, what he, he's talking about, but he it was, got a, dude. He got another DNP last night. Well, and here's the other interesting, um, the other interesting part of last night's game: Tillman with a mysterious DNP. I don't think it's been mysterious. Recently, they've just not been playing him very much. Um, well, mysterious in the sense that, like, as shorthanded as you are, and then down the stretch of that game, Santi didn't play. It was like playing Gilliard and um, Rose and Noel all together. No, I mean, I think it's been very clear. Taylor Jenkins is not pleased with the dif- defensive effort um, from a lot of guys. You know, and maybe, maybe that maybe Tillman now becomes a trade piece. I would may- maybe if I mean, you're not guess, using but, him. But I mean, what his contract's what? Three and a half, four million dollars. Um, I'm not sure. Well, he he technically he's you're gonna have to sign him to a new deal next year if you're gonna keep him. Right. So you might if you're not if you're not planning on signing him, you might as well try. I mean, he, I think this he's more tradable than Conchar in his four year. You know, even though they're the same salary level, he's a much more well, yeah, tradable piece than left, Conchar. Yeah. And well, at my least point he's is like, shown. What are, you, what, are you, what are you getting back? I don't know, but it's, you know, we've been talking about how are they going to consolidate the roster? Well, now maybe you can use, maybe maybe if you keep Biombo, you can use Tillman to help consolidate the roster. 
because ultimately he's a more tradable piece than any of these other guys because at least you can say you know teams watched him contribute to a playoff series the last last year and the year before that Zaire like no one knows you know even though he's young you know he's younger no one knows what he is like you can see Xavier Tillman even though he's not playing well right now apparently can be the ninth or tenth man on a bunch of NBA rosters in the league. That's probably fair. Um, and so, but I mean, how many teams are trading for that? Is my other problem. Well, like, like for instance, the rumor came out today that the Spurs might be shopping Keldon Johnson. Right. The Spurs don't want actual players back, but like, boom, expiring contract that you can throw in there. Right, but Keldon's contract is, I think, twenty this year, mm-hmm. nineteen and seventeen and a half, seventeen and a half. It's like money wise, how are you making all that? Work? Well, you're probably throwing in Stephen Adams in there too. His he's got an expiring deal next year that the Spurs are like. You're probably going to have to throw in, and you're throwing in picks to sweeten it up. But like, that's where it maybe you know maybe that's how you pull off a trade. I don't know. I'm just this is pure speculation, but um, I think. To your point of this roster stinks beyond the three guys, like if that's true, and I think that's more true than not true for uh-huh. sure. Um, doesn't everyone have to you know, like you just? You, I, I said it a few weeks ago. I think ultimately, when push comes to shove this year, while I haven't given up on them being in the mix for the play-in at the end and playing competitive basketball in March and April, um, I do think when push comes to shove, when this is over. You're going to have to go into this offseason or this trade down. You have to be thinking about how am I going to reimagine this supporting cast around these three guys? Because ultimately, whether they get there or not, it's not good enough around. Your supporting cast is not good enough right now, and it's it's been exposed in these first 23 games. Yeah, and I mean, to me, the bigger problem is I don't have a ton of faith in the front office fixing this, Mm. and I also think it's a much more difficult fix now. Yeah. Than it was prior. It's definitely more complicated. Correct. It's it was already it's already tough in general to yes. take that next step that that step that separates ultimately the true contenders from the pretenders yeah. in any professional sport, but especially like the NBA is more so maybe than any because it's like the difference. A lot of times it can be the difference between one move. It's like one move can be the difference. Well, and then oftentimes in the NBA it was like, did the did the rest of the league line up for you to? maximize that year yes because right now you can talk me into a case where the grizzlies best best chance at winning a title was two years yes yeah no i mean the the where where is it once looked like you were just it was a tunnel you were in but you could like really see here comes a decade of contention yeah like you could just see it seemed clear the road seemed clear now there's like now there's all sorts of traffic in the tunnel like you're you're stuck in the middle of the tunnel. Well, I mean, the real question is like, how much track do you have, like that you're running on? Yeah, no, I. It's more complicated. It's not. I don't. But I also don't think it's impossible to get out of where no, they are. I totally agree with you because oftentimes what you're talking about again is, one move, one what the one move, the right move. Well, the could really solve a lot of issues. I don't know exactly what that move is. It probably involves bringing in a wing, you know, like a good, like a truly. Well, I, I would also like to say this. It also involves the front office taking a look in the mirror mm-hmm. and saying, like, what did we – where did we go wrong? They, they they put too much – they bet too much on the draft, ultimately. That's, that's what they did. Well, they, didn't, I, they didn't do enough win-now moves the I last think, couple of years. And I think what they also did was, and it's very clear to me, they started valuing their own process. Mm-hmm. I've always said this. 
Well, they, should, whether or not you hit or not, you should treat every draft pick like you got lucky. They they viewed, I think what they, I, I don't know if, like some people will say it's cockiness and maybe it's like, you know, sniffing your own farts, farts mm-hmm. after winning executive of the year. I kind of look at it like this. I think they made the calculation that in a place like Memphis, it is riskier to like have to overpay slightly to go bring in like free agents and veterans and things like that. As opposed to, well, we've had all this success in the draft. It seems less risky for us. We'll get more value if we just hit on the draft more often. We, you know, we take two first round picks, even though all we need is like one to work out. Yeah. And ultimately, that was the wrong calculation. In fact, what it appears is it was far more risky to triple down on the draft as opposed to going and getting a couple veterans that you kind of know what their production's going to be over the next couple and, years. And further, where they really created another problem for themselves, they started getting so obsessed with hitting on the draft. They where, get, yeah. Where it's like, okay, they've had some hits. Like, I'm not acknowledging, like, Vince Williams at this point is a hit. Mm-hmm. It's also... If, like, if you're talking about where you drafted in the production that you got, mm-hmm. you are able to get hits. The problem is you haven't really changed your outlook. Well, you not just that. Like Ultimately, Vince Williams would feel like a much better hit if it didn't involve the fact that you gave away DeAnthony Melton on that same draft well, night. And then on top of that, if he wasn't the fourth <laughs> guy you took. <laughs> well, I don't care about that as much as I care about what you gave up to take all those other guys. Well, and then like my whole deal is like with the whole Zaire draft, okay, let's take the rumors for what they are, which is, they had targeted Giddy, or they had targeted Wagner. Yeah, uh, Zaire was not who they traded up correct. for. It was who they ended up with. Correct. You still let Kyle Anderson. Like I'm taking with. Let's say it's with Giddy. You still let Kyle Anderson walk because you're like, we need more shooting. We need more shooting. We need more shooting. Well, That's Ky- what the problem with Giddy is. Yeah. Well, I think Kyle Anderson aligned more with. The Santi developed. Like, they, they, Santi filled the and, spot that, and that, that's the other thing. Like, had. let's also put some on the players. Like, Santi's been disappointing this year. Yeah. I mean, he's been fine. He hasn't, like, I, I just, he, he has not taken any sort of step to suggest he's more than, like, just a bench guy. He has been very disappointing the last couple of weeks. He was better. And, I, and I'm also willing to accept, hey, guy, they have stretches. Like, Good stretches. He bad. was better at the beginning of last year. I think that's fair to say. When he was starting, like yeah. he was a better player. He seemed he was more productive. Now that again could have been a reflection of he was playing alongside John Morant at the beginning of last year, um, and John Morant's going to get him a lot of open threes when if they're playing on the court together, um, and maybe he knocks down more of them. Um, I mean, that's what it really. Because he is being asked to do more this season with this team, oh, given been... the sit- given the 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 personnel situation, and it's probably more than he should be handling, which I mean, is what you can say about a lot of the which guys is on the roster. Basically, everyone, and it'll get more in line Tuesday when Ja comes back, and uh, he's going to talk on tomorrow. So it's we're really starting to ramp up here. Um, what do you anticipate tomorrow from Ja? Uh, I mean, I was with him in court Monday, you know, kind of around him a little bit, and, and obviously that's a. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's not the real jaw I was seeing out there, but no. I thought he handled himself reasonably well in I the mean, courtroom. To me, the, the, where I would start is okay. What type of questions is he going to get? Yeah, well, I th- the, what media will be here? I assume some of the national folks will come in for this. Um, yeah, what type of? I mean, the last time he did one of these type of deals. You know, was asking about his 
private life and things like that. He got asked if he has a drinking problem. And, he, you know, this one feels a little different because it's so long since the incident, you know, and he's had to sit out 25 games. I feel like this one might end up being more about basketball, but maybe not. Uh, I, it won't be majority basketball, but it'll be some more basketball than the last one, probably, that, my that we had similar to this when he came back from the suspension last season. My suspicion it's going to be pretty toned down. Yeah, he won't be as defiant as he was last year. At least if he's if he's taking his advisor's advice, I would think he's not going to be. He didn't come off as super. It was interesting. He didn't say much. Like, the way the the questions were often asked of him on the stand the other day. Like, clearly the lawyers were not reporters because they tell you don't ask it. You know, as you're a reporter, don't ask a yes or no question. Don't give your right. subject the ability to just answer yes or no. Ja got a lot of yes or no answer uh, questions while he was on the stand. Well, you're also not allowed to ask leading questions. Yes, that uh, that is true. Well, unless you are allowed to, but the other side might object. Correct. Um, <laughs> which led to a hilarious and moment. almost in media exclusively leading questions. <laughs> Please give me the answer. <clears throat> Talk about give me the answer I'm looking for, so I can put this put this quote in, so I can neatly package yes. this for mm-hmm. uh, for yeah for a segment. Um, I don't know. It, I, I think it's going to be fairly business like. I don't yeah. suspect. I don't sense that Ja has the. He's he's not bowed up like he was. He's not bowed up, but I also don't think we're going to get some like mea culpa from him. Oh no 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 no! You know, like I, I, I don't think we're getting that. No, it's going to be like I'm here to talk about basketball or whatnot. No, like, he'll say like I regret. He's gonna. If I was him, what I would do is I would emphasize how much it's hurt watching, like how much it it's pained me to watch how much my actions hurt the team. I would focus on like not apologize, like not sounding apologetic to like the people or the even the fans or whatever. I'd be I'd be focusing on how bad I feel cuz I put my teammates in a bad spot. Yeah, that's I, what I would focus I, on if I was him. I mean, if I were in charge of if he were coming to my consulting firm, yeah. that you know, still a, a outstanding business uh, mm-hmm. up in my head. Mm-hmm. That is definitely what I would what I would preach at the same mm-hmm. time like He's going to get asked questions where he's not going to be able to get around. Like he's going to be, get, you know, he's going to get asked about like, have you what changes have you made to your life? Like, and it's going to be interesting to see how he answers that, well, how little or how was, much he answers that. I also think the amount of questions like that that he gets is dependent on who's in the room. Yes, yeah, yeah that's for sure too. Because there's the the way the modern media works. Half of the media are not really half of the media in there are not really media. They're fans of the team that yes. are have media passes or people that need a soundbite. That yeah. need a specific soundbite or need a specific yeah. quote, whatnot, and that's got prepackaged stuff. Uh, and then there's other, you know, you know. But if 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 it is indeed, you know, if you've got some people that national people there that are going to ask tougher questions, like mm-hmm. perhaps I do not expect though that you're going to get. I think it'll be a different person than the one. Excuse me that. That well, I think that post whatever that post practice availability that you're talking about when mm-hmm. that was one of the worst looks he's had. Um, well, that well, it depends. The one the one that was the worst was after the Pacers incident when he that was when he was the most defiant. I thought. Yeah, but he had also not gotten he not gotten into the the first trouble after that one. That yeah, one, no, he had not. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm talking about the, in terms of whole picture. That one where he was sitting back. And we had the Jalen Rose interview. Well, that was that which was, was scripted. Inter- first off, interview. Yeah, which was scripted, and even in that, came off. I thought more defiant than I expected. 
And then, yes, especially given considering the answers were written. And then the scrum, I also thought, you know, at times he came off as, you know, you know, like ultimately like he was not going to engage in terms of reflecting on anything. Like whether he believed it or not, he was not going to engage on those types of questions about his behavior. And there's there was probably a bet. I actually think that's fine if he wants to like. Like if he doesn't want to delve into his personal life, like yeah, no, that's fine. But there's better ways to do it than the way he did it. Like it, it, the smart way to answer that question is like you know, listen, I you know, I'm dealing with some stuff in my personal life, and I'd like to keep that private. You know, like something like that. You know, like I'm trying to become a better person, but I'd like to keep that process perf- private. You know, something yeah, like no. something something like th- that's how you get around it. Yeah, ultimately, and but. We'll see. I, I like I said. I think he, from a basketball standpoint, and we're, I think where we're going to hear defiant Jaws if he's asked about where I think the most interesting answers from Jaws are going to come. Like the most, well, I mean, is he going to get asked about his drinking? Because I, I do think he'll go. He'll continue to be defiant on that. Well, I don't think he's going to answer answer those type of questions in a way that'll be meaningful. Um, that'll be like the real answer. And I again, I don't necessarily blame him for doing that. What I think is going to be his best answers. Not necessarily, like, what would be the most interesting for him to answer. The most interesting would be to, like, delve into, like, what actual changes. Like, what what happened to your life and what changes have you made because of what's happened to your life. But I don't think we're going to get, like, huge details into that. Where I do think, though, we'll get our best sound bites is, like, when he's asked about, like, hey, like, do you feel forgotten in the NBA right now? Like, do you feel, like, how has it made you feel that you've gone from being... Probably other than Luka Doncic, the like best player under twenty five in the NBA, and frankly, the player they were promoting the most of all the under twenty five guys in the NBA. To no one's even mentioning him in conversations about the best young players in the NBA right now, which I find crazy. By the way, like how yeah, much? That, how that, much? That, and I know it's but it's, that's also it's in, out of sight, out of mind. Five. That's also you're acting like you totally. Totally ignore the way the NBA is covered. No, the I NBA get it. is always like, who's next? It's like, no, I get it. It's a giant and race. Five, to be like, I, I called this person being next first. And the truth is, if he comes out in his first five games, he's averaging like 32 points, eight assists, and five rebounds a game. Like, it, all it'll take is three, four, five games for people to go, oh my God, Jaws back. You know, like, and like put him right back up there. That's all it'll no, take. No, I mean, the, the, they're paper bags in the wind. Yeah, NBA media's paper bags. In the yeah, world. so fascinating dynamics with the Grizzlies, where the reality on the court right now is, as you put it, their fortunes in terms of like the postseason future are really. It feels like with every loss, you feel like, gosh, this is this is going to be a tough hill to climb to really be competitive here, even with the reinforcements. But you also do have the superstar two games away. It's you know like it, it felt a long way away for a while, and now it's close. And so, interesting dynamics at play with the Grizzlies. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk to Eric. We'll do that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. NFM ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Eric Astine's Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play host. Announcer, I guess I should say. Kind enough to join us each and every Thursday. Eric, did you ever think that you'd see back-to-back forty-point games that all forty-point games from Sharon that also were result no and two? No, I also didn't think you'd ever demote me on live radio, but that's fine. What did oh, I demote you to? Demoted me, just demoted me to that. What host. did I demote you to? To the host, the radio host. But, uh, yeah, I come correct, on. I, hold on, I corrected myself. Yeah, but you did. You demoted. Yeah, can't, you can't. Once you demote, play by you play host, play by play announcer. This is not the five second rule where you drop your pizza on the floor and still eat it at the bar. <laughs> I technically still have a dump button. I didn't give the signal to Dennis to use the dump ah, button. You're, yeah, you should have probably used it there. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I never. I, it, look, first of all, he, Jaron played fantastic in both games, and, and especially in Houston where he knew he really had to step his game up and knew, like, and. Houston knew it, so they were running double, triple teams at him, and he still scored. So I know, it was unbelievable. Uh, it was like I, they were coming after him. I, I think once his it, – it's crazy because he was shooting below 30%, and we talked about it last night. He went into the game last night right around 50%, made the first couple or one of two and was – or one two of three and was at 50%, missed the next handful, but still shooting above 45% over the last, like, five or six games – Finding the rhythm from three, I thought last night he attacked the rim well. Um, look, it's, it's the same story as the last time you were in Houston, especially without Desmond Bain. You get to the fourth quarter, deeper, healthier, and it, I think it's 37-23 and 35-23 in the respective two fourth quarters in Houston, and you lose both games. And last night you were within one, uh, and it, it just is what it is. I mean, this is we were, I was talking about it with some people today. 
Go back to last year when this team was considered a title contender, especially after the trade deadline. Well, even because the trade deadline, he'd already lost Stephen Adams. Let's just say before the trade deadline. So let's take Luke Kennard out. All right. Go through the go through the rotation of the guys they had playing. Mm-hmm. John Morant out. Tyus Jones gone. To the two guard, Desmond Bain, healthy but was sick last night. Healthy ish. Uh, your your two guard rotated. So go to three. Dylan Brooks gone. Mm-hmm. Go to the four. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Clark out. Go to the five. Santi Aldama and and Jaron Jackson or Santi's there too. And, and, and Stephen. Steven, Steven's gone. So you keep you go down this list, and you you finally look at it like of your nine rotational guys last year, six are gone, yeah, out or gone, and that was a a championship caliber group. And then you add Luke Kennard, but it's it's just a different look, and so it's tough. So I didn't think you know I never thought you'd see a Grizzly player score forty points in back to back games and lose both games, but. I also, you know, never expected to go back to the year where this team, once upon a time, was the number one seed in the West, and everybody and every anybody got hurt, and they played twenty-seven guys and just hung on to make the playoffs. And Greg Popovich in the in the press conference after one of the games, because I mean, look at their roster—they've been decimated by injuries. It's a bunch of guys that are, you know, just picked up because they could and they can fill out the roster, and they're good players but they're you know this is essentially a g league roster playing in the nba playoffs you're not going to win and we've talked about this ad nauseum over the last handful of weeks no no one in this league no one in this league would survive what the grizzlies are going through and and truthfully they're not truly surviving it if you if you break it down you've got a really tough game friday you've got a really tough game monday in oklahoma city there's a good chance by the numbers by the predictors you're six and 19 just because of the sheer depth and factor of everything now does john morant fix everything for that nobody does fix things and and makes a a difference in terms of putting guys back in the positions they should be in but you you still have two bigs out and until you get marcus smart and luke Kennard back it's still a problem. So you're still missing four of your top nine, although you at least get your best player back and he'll be hungry to play. But this you can't be that shorthanded in the Western Conference and expect to find success. Well, you know, we've been talking about because, you know, I'm hopeful that they can at least work their way back into the mix for the play, and Jeffrey sure. less hopeful. Yeah. It's I mean the math is just it daunting right now. Ultimately, if you right. if they're going to come out six and nineteen, I l- I would love for them to get back into it because it gives us something to watch. But even think, oh, go ahead, Eric. I, I, I'm saying on that note, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think if you're looking at getting into the plan, I think you have you almost have to think 500 is the barrier. Yeah, you have to think 42 and 40. 43, 39 to be in the play-in because mm-hmm. teams are going to beat up on their on each other, and you're going to see Portland fade to the back, Utah fade to the back, the Grizzlies are in the back right now. Who comes down out of the group that's above that, um, and what 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 happens there is does somebody have an injury where they fade back? But mm-hmm. you know, you know, Portland, Utah, San Antonio, that's a you know that's yeah. a done deal, but. Um, you're going to need two more to drop down at least to be up at two 10. Two more to drop down. And right now you're in that two more group. That's yeah. what everybody else is saying, but they're saying it about you. 
yeah. and Minnesota. Obviously. Yeah, they're saying oh, they're right. saying Memphis won't catch us. You know, yeah. right? Oklahoma. So is it a Clippers or Lakers? And then you you break it down by talent and what they want to do. That's that's going to be the key. You're looking at Clippers. I don't know that you're looking at the Lakers for that because LeBron just isn't. That's not in him. If it does get to that, though, we saw him one time say, all right, well, if we're not going to make it, I'm not going to put wear and tear on the tires so I can survive another year and try to revamp this thing. But then you talk about Golden State, what's going to happen with Draymond Green. If he's done for a long period of time, that's a big that's a big loss for them. And then you go into the, you know, the, you know, the other divisions here and you, you look at the one you're in, Houston. I everybody in Houston's like, oh, we don't know, we don't know. I'm like, I'm watching this team. They're not even playing their best athlete because he was hurt, and he's the number four overall pick. Amen Thompson is going to be a really good player and can really help them. Their depth bolsters. We talked about this last night in the beginning part of the year. Ime Udoka, because he wanted to prove a point to young guys, played Jeff Green down the stretch. That ain't happening after last night with Tari Eason. Tari Eason's a really good basketball player, and maybe a lot of people don't know him played at LSU, but he can play. And you saw Jeff Green knock it off the bench. He's also willing to. They're eleven and one at home. Well, and and you know they they kind of got the Kings thing going where their guys are staying healthy and they they're getting yeah. a ton of minutes with the guys that you know they had as their projecting started five. And Ime Udoka holds them accountable at an early age. Alperen Shingun and Jalen Green, who are two of their top three scorers, if not the top two. Uh, they didn't play last off night. Off my head, I know Fred Van Vliet was up there too. They're like Green and uh, Van Vliet are right around the same number. They did not play much in the second half. Basically, yeah. said take a seat, let the other guys do it, and they did it. And then you saw you, you see the guys in there. So Houston's fine. I will say, Ime Adoka in New he, Orleans. Are they going to stay healthy? We we know the injury issues with a couple of their main guys. So you're really looking at. I, I thought about it today, and I was like, "Okay, you're gonna let's just say it doesn't go your way the next two. What are you six and nineteen? Yes, you've got to go. You're gonna have to win like 60, sixty to sixty-five percent of your games. Thirty-five and twenty-two, but realistically, in my opinion, you got to go thirty-seven and twenty. Yeah, that's and that's a, that's a that's, lot. That's, that's a better pace. Three games. That's a better pace than you were on the last two years when you were right. the two seed in the West. Um, and, the, and you're in the West. And by the way, you're done. You'll be done. Yeah, you'll be done with Houston by February. You'll be done with Dallas by February. I think the only team in your division you face is San Antonio post All Star break. Now, with that said, Indiana isn't exactly a picnic. That's going to be an interesting game. They're playing really well. Like the East is better this year, so this is not like okay, we're going to fatten up on. I will say if they were if they were in the East, like right now, they are six and a half back of the ten seed. If they were in the East, it'd be more like um, it'd be more like uh, they'd be like three and a half back. So it'd be a little more palatable. Uh, than what the, the what the current situation in terms of well, like just ultimately the ten spot in the East right now is the Raptors at ten and fourteen, and so right. um, it would be a little more palatable if you were only three. Right. And a couple weeks ago they were only three and a half or four back. It's it's they, unfortunately the hair at the tail end of the jaw suspension where it feels like he <laughs> felt like for a while that like it was like oh my gosh when is he coming back? This is forever, and right. now it's finally here and close. Um, what do you? Had tough games lined yeah. up. 
What do you think he's going to look like? What You said like he'll fix some things. What do you think he'll fix? What do you think this team will look like when you, you know, because like hopefully if you have Ja playing at a high level and if Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. continue playing at a high level, I know they're depleted under them, but that's got to mean something, right? Well, let, let's start with the guys that aren't in, that may not be in the lineup the night he gets back. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart does not have to facilitate the offense. That's not his strength. It's not necessarily that he can't do it. That's not what he's best at. He didn't really facilitate the offense in Boston. Tatum and Brown did, and he was able to play his game and be that guy, be the dog, and, and be the guy that had open looks because those guys could break down. It, it, either one of those two has the ball in their hands. They can break down anybody off the dribble. That He helps Marcus Smart, he helps Luke Kennard, where Luke Kennard doesn't have to find his own shot. Ja finds him. Desmond Bain, same thing. Jaron Jackson, same thing. The difference, again, in this year, last year, is you don't have a guy in the middle in Steven Adams where he can set the screen and really open things up. So that's the big thing. Can Biombo be a shade of that? Sure. So he puts everybody more in their natural position because now – you have an athletic playmaking facilitator that, that can literally beat anybody in this league off the dribble. And even if they bring help, now the ball moves. And so he's not going to fix the missing open shots because let's be honest about it, the Grizzlies have missed a lot of open shots this year. But it's going to fix who's the guy shooting the open shot as opposed to a guy that's a good shooter, not a great shooter, as opposed to two guys on your roster that are elite-level shooters that now aren't trying to create around a screen off the dribble and get those looks. And it's not a knock on the other guys. That's that's the, I, it, it almost sounds like, you know, for me, I feel like I'm being negative. I'm not. It's not their fault. That's not what you're built to do. Like, this league is one, when you get to this level, and I, I think I've told you guys this before, the wisest, one of the wisest things I've ever heard in a quarter century of being around the NBA was from Lionel Hollins. And he said, look, you know, all these guys, the hardest thing for a coach to do is get these guys to understand there are certain roles in this league. There's only one LeBron, but they've all been the LeBron in college or high school for their teams. But that when you get to this level, that's not what it is. And you guys have seen it through history. Everybody else who's watched this league seems you see a guy in college just look like nobody can stop him, gets to the NBA, and I goes, yeah, that's not you. Jared it's Culver. Warren, that moved past it. It's, it's a very, very thin line. So now you've got guys that, can they make that shot? Sure. Are you assured of it? Probably not. Now there's some things that have to change. I mean, I don't want to criticize game plans or anything. I think the Grizzlies defensively, start sometimes or help sometimes too deep commit over commit to help that's just my you know amateur opinion but when you're helping below the free throw line and you really can't get to the guy driving from the opposite side don't go that far because when you go that far it's either the pass directly to the man you're guarding or the one up top and then you react to him and you're trying to rely on a rotation with guys that really haven't played together there's just two Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 